what an episode this is. Okay, you guys, I would just like to say I wish that you could have seen my face during this entire episode. (laughs) First of all, I broke out in a cold sweat (laughs) because I feel like Allison was speaking directly to my soul. Soul. Your postpartum soul. My postpartum soul. She came back and then my jaw just was open the entire time. This is such an important Did it feel good? Did it feel validating to know that like it's a thing? Yeah. And like, yes, to answer your question. And I did feel like I logically I know that it's a thing, but I just didn't think it applied to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know why I thought I was I was exempt or something. But that's how that's how it works um, with mental health stuff. You know, it's like, oh, that's so sad for them. But like, it's Mm. not me. It's not me. Well, it might be moms. So we talk about intrusive thoughts. Um, We talk a little bit about postpartum depression as a whole versus baby blues. Mm. Um, We talk about all the things. And I think a lot of you are going to want to listen to this episode, whether or not you're done having kids. Yeah. Um, Because like I said, I think it's really validating for women to hear their story through someone else's and be like, oh my God, I did need help. Like oh, it wasn't normal. A hundred percent. I'm done mm-hmm. having kids and I just am like, yeah, I need to change my shirt. I'm sweating <laughs> through my, I'm sweating. It was so good. It was so good. I mean, I just like, it just makes me so excited for this whole show because yeah. it's all of this shit is so it's, important. Yep. That no one talks about. Yep. So tune in episode three. Enjoy. Oh, no, the knife will not fly off the counter and hurry your baby. Correct. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Join motherhood wellness expert Allison from The Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert Dr. Marcy at the Down There Doc as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no No left behind. The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. 
Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. That's NMLB20 at www.thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there. What's up, mamas? Welcome back to No Mama Left Behind, the podcast. We are in our third episode, and I'm Marcy. That's Allison. Hi. What's up, girl? Oh, hey. Just oh, hey, girl. here. You know. Living the dream, drinking the Starbucks. Oh, give it to me. I know. You know, I got a mean sciatica happening. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to chat about that later off off air. I can help you with Some that. tips. Yeah. Mm, but while we're on air, we're going to talk about my favorite thing. What is it, Marcy? Mental health and mm. mamas. Mm. You guys, I'm so excited to listen to this because you know that Allison is the brilliant mental health expert. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Blushing. <laughs> humble. So humble. Uh, and humble. she's going to talk today about things that I experienced and I actually kind of shoved under the rug, mm-hmm. um, but that are so common to mamas and so important that we discuss them, share our stories and figure out how to make it better. So, this is Allison's mental health day. She's going to talk about a few things, but what are the two main ones that we're going to touch on today? Yeah, so I am going to touch on perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Just mm. sorry, my cat. <laughs> I hear her is, in the background. Is walking in my lap. Oh my God, he's such an asshole. Go on. Oh, he. Yes, it's a he. Um. Does he pee everywhere or is that just girl cats or is that boy no, cats? So that's boy cats. He doesn't pee, but he Bray. is a menace in his own special way. So don't do you have a cat. catio? Do you have a catio for him? For outside? I don't. I just let him go outside. Wow. And he comes, he comes back in at night. Filthy and with dead mice. Uh, he caught a bird the other day. Did I tell you that? No. He, oh my God, Marcy, he, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Did he present he, it to you? Yes. He was outside uh-huh. for maybe 60 seconds. Oh my God. He goes to our, he goes to the bushes in our backyard and we're sitting outside Here. and I see him run back in with something in his mouth. I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? That can't be good. So I go in, he, okay, not only did he bring it into my house, but he brought it onto my white carpet, <gasps> this bloody, freshly, fresh kill. Oh God. And my husband had to like pick up this poor bird. Oh. I mean, it was it was a swift death. Like he was like dead. He went for the jugular. Oh my god, he's vicious. He's a. I mean, he's a descendant. Of I know the I big know. cats. I know. We are having. Okay, here's our aside tangent number number one one <laughs> two yeah <laughs> tangent number two. <laughs> Haven't even gotten through the episode. We're going down the tangent slide. Um. I, we've been having really bad luck with baby birds in our, in our yard. And it's making me really sad. We had, so what does bad luck with baby birds mean? I'll tell you. They're dying. Oh yeah. So we (laughs) have these, we have these bushes that are 
kind of like eye level that go around the back of the house. And springtime, you know, every the birds are mating or laying eggs or whatever the they chirping. do. The birds are chirping, <laughs> birds and the bees. The, yeah. And I saw the other day, it was maybe like about a month ago, this really pretty cardinal like flying in and out of the bush, like right by my bedroom window. And then I noticed there was a nest in there. And so I went out and I peeked in the bush. I didn't touch the nest. Don't worry, bird people. I didn't like imprint my human scent on any of them. I just like peered in and there were these like really sweet, fluffy two baby birds in there. Eyes were open, like they were thriving. And so every day I kind of would just go like peek and check on them and they were doing well. And then I had a play date over for my four-year-old son and they brought their dog and we have a 90 pound dog and they brought their dog. So the dogs were playing outside. The mom came over, we were going to do some work while the kids were playing. And I was like, oh my God, do you guys want to see the baby birds? We have these baby birds. And she Uh was like, of course, when the children come and the dogs. Okay. Key point of the story. Oh, And so at that exact moment when I was like, oh my God, let's go look at the baby birds. Those two fuckers, those two fluffy fuckers decided that that was when they were going to fly the nest the first time. So they like dive bomb out of the nest and both the dogs. Oh, the birds. The the birds birds dove. Yes. They were like, they kind of did it to themselves. Yeah. I mean, my husband was like, "Mm, survival of the fittest. But it was like, (laughs) they. The dodo bird. (laughs) The dodo bird. They went the way of the dodo. They flew out. They dive bombed out. The dogs went fucking bananas. My dog, Rosie, was like pawing it. You know, don't need to go into details. I'm not, but I, and then the other dog got one, and so then okay. Eden, the mom, and I got some towels and like somehow salvaged the birds and put them back in the nest. And those fuckers kept jumping out. Oh my god! And they I was like, like send it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. they were like, they were like, it's over. <laughs> I I don't want to live. So they just anyway. So that didn't happened so one i couldn't find anymore and then tula my friend's dog brought the other one to us and it was yep and then r.i.p to the three birds that are in these stories and then the other day i saw another nest and there were eggs in there and i was watching and they hatched and there were three little babies and they were like sticking their little heads out and the mom was coming and like, you know, puking worms into their mouth and they were thriving and they were so cute. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, God, it's really quiet. Like I don't, why don't I hear the little chirpers? And they were dead in the nest. Oh, rats. I know. And I was like, maybe she got a poisoned worm. Maybe it had salmonella, you know? I was so sad for those little tiny birds. Like they were all curled up together in the little nest. Oh my God. I know. I don't know. That's like in Palm Mount Vesuvius when they're all like. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, they're in it. Holding one another. Yes. Yes. They're little bird siblings. I was so sad. My husband's like, it's really hard to be a bird. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) yes. Oh, I would just. Anyways, that's it. I'm done with my birds. Continue, please. Uh, No, actually, this episode is about birds. (laughs) Birds in their natural habitat. This podcast is about nature. This is a bird watching podcast. (laughs) Okay. Back to PMADS. Do you know what PMADS stands for? Um, No. Okay. Yes. No. Okay. All all right. Can I guess? Uh, Yes, absolutely. It's going to be wrong. Okay. Mm. Premenstrual affective disorder. (laughs) 
know, but that's a good guess. Thanks. Um, perinatal. Wow. That's PMDD. I have that dysphoric disorder. Yeah, I have PMDD. Ooh, that would be a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, PMAD stands for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So it used to be, you know, just like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Then we mm-hmm. found out there's more than just those. And then we found out, oh, this can happen during pregnancy, oh. not just in the postpartum period. Right. So they renamed it perinatal to include, it's an inclusive term to include okay. while you're pregnant and after you get birth. Can so, I ask a question? Can I absolutely. You? What about trying to conceive and it not going well? You know, here's like anxiety and stuff. Here's here's a good time for a disclaimer. Okay. I really hate diagnoses. I really do. Can and, we talk about that? Because I want to know yes. why. Because I do okay. too. But keep going. So specifically when it comes to mental health, diagnosing is so fucking hard. Like, right. yes, there are clusters of symptoms that point to one thing or another, which is why we have the DSM, which is why right. we use that to diagnose. Right. But there's so many limitations and the human brain is so complex. And right. you've talked about this in a prior episode where you didn't even fill out the survey, yeah. honestly, because yeah. you didn't want to admit to yourself and to other people that you were struggling. So, right. I diagnose diagnoses are important, you know, research to be able to to quantify. But they're very limiting in that people really adhere to their diagnosis as a label. A mm. lot of times they render themselves like, well, I just have postpartum depression. So this mm. is just the way it is, you know, it's mm. out of it's out of my hands. Right. Um, which, you know, that's there, interesting. There is genetic components for sure, but there's also a lot that you can do. So when I talk about PMADS, I think the important thing is if you don't feel like yourself and you have any of these issues going on, talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's, you know, I have a postpartum panic disorder or, oh, I have, you know, da, da, da. And then there's one scary big one that we'll talk about that, you know, obviously needs immediate attention. Um, but that's why I hate diagnoses. Is that why you hate diagnoses? I mean, I I just feel like there's so much that we don't know and there's so many nuances, right? Yes. And it's like, yeah, there there is a place 100% for diagnoses, you know what I mean? And it's like, yes. But at the same time, as a PT, like we look at function, right? And like, for example, in a previous episode, we were talking about prolapse a little bit and mm-hmm. like, that will affect other people differently. Like just because one person has a grade two prolapse and somebody else has a grade two prolapse, like there's so many other factors there and the treatment is so different depending on what they're doing and what their body is like and what their demands are and their lifestyle and all these things. So it's really more about, in my opinion, what we're seeing and what we need to be doing and what the client and the patient's goals are and what the literature says, right? Like totally. Well, and there's a reason that there's a DSM five, right? right? Like the DSM one yeah. compared to what we oh know now God. is like bullshit. I mean, like, wasn't pregnancy a, a diagno- like a disease diagnosed um, as a disease? I mean, I think so. DSMs? Not, not in the DSM. That's just for, uh, for mental health. 
Oh, okay. But hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A one hundred percent. We should we put that on your list. Hysteria. Okay. We need to talk about that. I actually was going to write an article yes. about that, but that's a big one. And the nomenclature yeah. and stuff. But that's interesting that you say that about people adhering to their labels. Um, yeah. I mean, I know someone who has um, like some thyroid issues, but she's got other stuff going on too. But she blame. This is going to sound bad, but it's not. I'm just using this as, as an example. Like whenever yeah. she has a hard time with something or something's not going well or, you know, something's not working. She's like, well, it's my thyroid. It's my thyroid. My yes. thyroid is making me act like this. Yes. Or my thyroid. This is why like this one medication is not working because it's my thyroid. And it's like, okay, there is, yes, there is something going on, but like there's also something else I feel yeah, like that. Totally. You know? So it's like, yeah. It's and I feel like with, with my clients, what I say to them is, you have the power to change this if if you allow it to. This is just who I am. I'm going to have this forever. It's something I'm going to deal with forever. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. But if you open the window a little bit mm-hmm. and think, you know what? Maybe there is a lot that I can do to right. get this under control. And there is a lot that I am in control of. Right. Uh, in control of our genetics, but there's lots of research about how our thoughts can influence and turn on and off certain genes. So mind fucking blown. Fascinating. Yeah. So, and it's like they're choosing to do, they're choosing to be in control of things like in spite of the diagnosis, right? Like the diagnosis is just one piece and they're like, okay, that's one piece, but there's yeah. all these other things that I can do and I'm not just like beholden to this label. Yeah. And I mean, the so. other part about diagnoses and then we'll get back to PMEDs. Um, I understand like the mental health field is pretty medicalized mm-hmm. still. And unfortunately it has to be because then insurance covers it. Right. Mm. So like mm. in order for insurance to cover you, like I used to have to give my clients a diagnosis. Right. Like, or else I couldn't see them. It wouldn't be paid for. Right. So now even if they don't have, you know, major depressive disorder or whatever, I mean, some of them did fit the criteria. Yes. But, you know, we're just being pushed to diagnose and label so that people can get help. So Mm -hmm. that's so interesting. It's a hot topic. Um, But PMADS. So here's the thing. We all, to a certain degree, go through baby blues. It's a thing. It's the first couple weeks, usually like two to three weeks, after having a baby where our hormones are like on a roller coaster. Mm. We aren't sleeping. Mm-hmm. We may or may not have trouble breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. We have zero percent of like our life mm-hmm. prior to baby, right? Like mm-hmm. we're out of our routine. I remember being like, what is a routine? Like my, my routine is just sitting here waiting for my baby right, to latch onto my nipple. Like that's all that I have to do. And you're just like rolling around the house. You're just rolling around the house and you're, you know, healing physically. Mm-hmm. So it's a really tough time. And I remember on a a prior episode, Marcy, you talked about taking the EPDS, the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, Mm -hmm. um, like five days postpartum or something. And I was like, whoa, there's a reason (laughs) we give that at six weeks because that's usually, you know, baby blues has leveled out. Yeah. Um, 
so baby blues has a lot of overlap with postpartum depression. Um, you know, bouts of crying, like uncontrolled sadness, lethargy, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of those mood cycling, it's all very similar to postpartum depression. Okay. The difference comes in where your baby blues don't get better. They get worse and uh, they persist over a certain right time frame. Like when would you expect baby blues to kind of dissipate? Wayne. Yeah. Wayne. I think the really um, like the hormone fluctuations and like the mm-hmm. tears that just come and you're like, what the hell is going on? And mm-hmm. I would say two to four weeks. Okay. After two to four weeks, you should be leveling out. That's not to say that you're going to be like, Yahoo, feeling right, like right, yourself right. again. Right. But those should decrease. Um, and it happens pretty quick, right? I mean, like, like starting, does? like the baby blues. Like it. Ha- oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, for me, when I was in the hospital, I felt like I was on drugs. Like, I literally oh. felt like I was on ecstasy. I was like, everything's great. This yeah. is fine. Oxytocin, baby. That oxytocin. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then it plummets, Yeah. which just so happens to be the day that you get home and you don't have any help and there's no one there to tell you how to swaddle a baby. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. So, or like help you wipe your vagina when you're yeah. peeing all over the place. I remember yeah. when I got home... I remember walking out of the hospital with my first baby. First of all, I felt like they were rushing me out, which... Yeah, why did you walk? Yeah, did I, t- did I tell you about that? No. Okay, I cannot believe that this happened, but it did. And this is a hospital that I worked at, okay? So oh they... God. I know, hold on to your tits. So it was my first baby, and they were like, okay, time to go. Like, you're out of here. And I was like, okay, great. And usually, like, they'll bring a wheelchair, right? And they smush you down in the wheelchair, put the baby in the baby carrier, in the car seat, bucket handle, on your lap, and they wheel you and all your shit out to the front of the hospital where your partner has already brought the car around, Yeah, right? And then, Mm -hmm. like, the lovely orderlies or the assistants, like, throw all your shit in the back, you buckle the car in, and then you gingerly sit down with your, you know, diaper filled with ice, okay? Yeah. Yep. Which is what had happened in my second baby. The first pregnant, my first baby, they were, it was time to go. And we got discharged around lunchtime. I remember because the hospital was so crowded because everybody had come out for lunch, like all the worker, like all the healthcare providers and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, I was holding my baby. He wasn't even in the car seat, but I was holding oh my, my three day old baby walking I had to walk out of the labor and delivery f- floor, walk across the hospital. What? Yes. Get into an elevator. So I'm walking while all of these people are influxing in. This was in Portland. And um, in Portland, they had this air, tr- they had like a tram. It was like a gondola that came that connected a hospital down the hill to this other part. And so a lot of people would come up on the gondola at lunch to eat at the hospital and go back down. And so I had to walk. I was like a salmon swimming upstream, holding in my arms, my three day old baby walking through this crap mass of people. My husband's like struggling with my bag filled with puke and blood clothes and oh like, all the other shit, you know, and the baby bag, like, and the car seat. Yeah, he's holding all of that. I have my baby. We make it to the elevator. I'm crying, by the way, just crying, like, 
just oh a mess in the elevator. I'm holding on to him. We walk down. We get down the elevator. We have to walk through the parking garage to wherever the fuck my husband parked when I went into labor three days ago. Like, oh I don't my God. know where it was. Buckle him into the car seat. And then I get in the car and then we leave. And then we get home. Was that standard procedure for everyone? No. No. Why did they make you do it? I have no idea. I have not one clue. And and That's I bizarre. I know. And I worked at that hospital. So I like knew a lot of the people there. And I was like, what the fuck? And like I didn't even I don't know, whatever. It was just like such a mess. And I remember I got home and we got settled on the couch and my husband left to go like get sushi or something and he came back. And I was just like sitting on the couch like uh, with my baby, like what the fuck, like where yeah. am I, what happened? Like I yeah. just was a mess. Yeah, totally. Well, and that's, you know, that's all part of, that's all part of it. That's all part of the baby blues. Like it, it can depend, you know, how your your delivery went how your yeah. after delivery went. Hard. Um, it's super hard. Yeah. yeah. So baby blues, very common and normal. Sometimes we don't like to use those words, but it is both of those things. Okay. Um, and expected, like you would expect that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as like getting through it, mm -hmm. I think for me, it was just really nice to hear someone say, oh, I know it's so hard. Right. Like when people would say, oh, yeah, well, just focus on your baby or sleep when the baby just, sleeps. Just rest. Like I didn't want to hear how to fix it. I wanted right. to hear that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't failing. You right. know, 100%. It's the um, connection that is better, not the response. Totally. Right? It's just someone that's saying like, yeah, I'm so glad that you told me that. It is totally really fucking hard and I, yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. So when it starts to persist and specifically postpartum depression, a lot of it like guilt is a hallmark, like mm -hmm. guilt, shame. Um, postpartum depression is what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guilt. Yep. Okay. Um, depression in general, honestly. And I mean- postpartum depression and a depressive episode like share the same qualities right so like if someone's depressed in real life mm. they share the same qualities of postpartum depression got it right? right 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 it's about when it happens and then obviously with postpartum depression we know that hormones are involved to a certain extent right um so if it starts to get worse if you are like my postpartum, if I could describe it, felt just like a cloud of dread mm. hanging over me. Like I was terrified for my daughter to go to sleep. And then when she would go to sleep, I was terrified that she was going to wake up. Like, and, and logically, you know, I knew this is fine. Right. Right. Like, right. People sleep is, and wake up all the time. It's fine. Yeah, that's but what we do. I couldn't control this like fog of dread. Um, mm. So yeah, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, there's also postpartum panic disorder. Mm. There is um, postpartum PTSD, postpartum mm. OCD, mm. which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And then there's postpartum psychosis, which everyone is like <gasps> about, but it's literally so, so, so rare. Like it mm. is so rare. And I think a lot of times it's, it's misdiagnosed because... Postpartum psychosis is when you're like having hallucinations or delusions. So mm. 
hallucinations is like you're seeing or hearing things. Delusions is um, you're interpreting something to be very real when it's not. Mm. Um, And it's a lot of the times just lack of sleep, right? Because we see that a lot in moms where they don't sleep for days on end. And that Mm. can also cause these symptoms. So like I said, don't like diagnoses, Um, obsessive compulsive disorder and postpartum anxiety those are the anxiety disorders. Um, so intrusive thoughts. We need to talk about those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about them because just because you have intrusive thoughts doesn't necessarily mean you have postpartum anxiety. Okay. But it That's can. Interesting. Right. It can. Yeah. It is a lot of the times a hallmark of that. Um, in addition to OCD, postpartum OCD. Mm. So, What are intrusive thoughts? Intrusive thoughts are unwanted thoughts that pop up in your brain that usually involve harm to your baby and or you. The keyword here is unwanted, right? right? So if you have this thought and you're like, you know, I think I want to do that. I think I really do. Hmm. That's when we consider postpartum psychosis. Those are the stories that you hear of women doing things to their babies oh god it just makes like my stomach i know turn i know and you know the fact that you have an intrusive thought like a common one is if you walk down the stairs you oh oh my god my cat's attacking me you're afraid that um you know you're gonna drop the baby and you guys are both gonna tumble down the stairs so i have that one yeah like they're gonna fly off the side they're gonna somehow like fall over yes the railing and plummet yes. to their death i feel that way about like any sort of like stair situation or ladder situation or bridge situation a hundred percent well and that's another good point is that all humans have intrusive thoughts Ugh. every single person on this planet has intrusive thoughts because there's i have this theory that it's an evolutionary mm. thing right and i mean it's, it's not just my theory Lots of people have this theory, but humans have the ability to foresee danger, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can run that recording through our head, okay, maybe it'll drive us batty, but at our very core, it's going to keep us alive because maybe we're going to hold the banister tighter, right? Or or we're going to really watch our steps yeah, or go down the stairs on our butt. Yeah. (laughs) Like I do do that with the baby. I did a lot of, I did a lot of things. Oh my God. God, you poor thing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I have okay. a, qu- we will we'll, talk we'll about that. that too, but I have a question about intrusive thoughts. Yeah. When you said everybody has them, is yeah. it only after like being a parent or do they, no, no they happen no. in any situation because All I don't the time. ever remember being afraid of stairs or yeah. bridges Yeah. before having kids. So, Specific to thoughts of harm, of yeah. course, that gets heightened when you're a parent. Sure. However, have you ever been driving and you're like, I wonder what would happen if I just drove off this bridge right now? What? Not in like a, oh, yeah. Not in like a scary, like, I want to kill myself way, but just yes. like a thought pops in and you're like, what the fuck? And yeah. then you move on with your day. Yes. Um, I think I'm like, I do think about that. I've, especially, yeah. like, I'm like, what if I just turn the wheel left really yeah. quickly? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Where the fuck yeah. did that come from? Yeah. Or sometimes I'll be sitting and I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I died tomorrow. <laughs> like, I wonder. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
why am I like why you I know used to, I used to think about that too I mean not like I would have the dangerous ones like that but then I also would like when I remember being in high school and like going to church when we were back when my parents made me go to mass catholic mass and i'd be like what if i just it would be like in the middle of yeah and i'm like what if i just like get up from my pew and like sprint down the middle of the aisle and like do a lap around the priest and then like come back and sit down like i would have all these like random yes yes i don't know if i was just bored as hell but i was just also like what is happening up there right now our brain has thoughts constantly and people Mm -hmm. think that their thoughts create who they are and that is just not true like it's just not true our thoughts don't define us right Right. like the other day this is a perfect example of an intrusive thought the other day i was sitting by sean on the couch and he's looking at me and i'm like (laughs) what and he goes i just had like an urge to flick your nose what (laughs) he's like i don't know why i just wanted to do it so even that's an intrusive thought right it just comes up it's unwanted it's not pre-planned it's not premeditated it just happens why is that so funny i'm so i like love that he told you that i I feel like i would just look at my husband and be like don't flick his nose i probably would have just flicked his nose (laughs) you're like it wasn't me i act you act on your thoughts (laughs) so Going back to intrusive thoughts specific to parenting, nine out of 10 women experience them. And I have a feeling it's 10 out of 10. But that one person was like you on the survey where they're like, "Mm, I'm not going to admit this. Right. So it doesn't mean that you have this part of anxiety. But if they are uncontrollable Mm. and they are debilitating to the point where I would argue, Marcy, having to scooch on your bottom down the stairs like mm, bordering on maybe need to see someone right yeah if you i've like heard stories of women who they slept downstairs with the baby because they were too terrified to walk Uh, upstairs right i I did that okay oh mars yeah yeah if I, i couldn't even sleep in a different room yeah yeah I don't I I think I was just I don't know why I was just afraid that he would stop breathing or something I don't know I mean I I feel like I just made that up but I could not when I finally slept upstairs in my bedroom and the baby was downstairs in his bedroom it was month it was months after yeah it I mean like six months well and to a certain extent that's normal too right and like they do say that the baby being close to you, especially in the first, you know, a couple months is good. So, but, but that's the thing is like with anxiety, it's hard because it's rooted in something actually being able to happen. Right. Right. Like, right. And babies do stop breathing. Yes. And they scare the shit out of you with all the sleeping stuff. And so like, of course I was, if I already had a little bit of anxiety, Mm -hmm. I also was like, was like, I cannot leave him because he's going to choke on the swaddle will yeah. somehow get unvelcroed. Yeah. You know, like I just was so nervous. And then, you know, my mom being, you know, the retired Air Force colonel was like, put him on his belly. He's fine. You know, like, <laughs> to, like just completely, you know, she's like, well, you girls slept on your tummies all the time. Yeah. Like, and then what she said to me one time was so, it was like so 
smart. And I just like, I wasn't ready to hear it, but she was like, mm, feed on demand and put babies to sleep on their back. Way to make a new mom miserable. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I didn't understand that. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah it's fucking true. Yeah. Well, and that's a good distinction is like, like for me, I knew about intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. and I knew about the nature of anxiety, mm-hmm. which is the more you give in to the intrusive thought or try to push it away, yeah, the worse it gets. Oh, so sure. yeah. if you have a thought of, oh my God, is my baby breathing? I allowed myself to check once because I knew that if I kept checking, yeah. my anxiety would never quell, right? Yeah. So we have, it's kind of like a bell curve. So we have anxiety is heightening, heightening, heightening at its height. We do the action, which is go and like put your hand on their chest or whatever. Our anxiety goes back down the same slope, right? If we prevent ourselves from going to check because we're doing self-talk, we're saying, Mm -hmm. I know that my baby is safe. I know that she's breathing. I know, you know, all the things. Then our anxiety comes down on the other side of the curve Mm -hmm. and we teach it like, no, not today, honey. Right. Right. You don't need to have anxiety about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can I tell you what I did? Yeah. That probably wasn't helpful. Yeah. I bought the owlet. Oh. Do you know what that is? Um, yes, I didn't buy it purposely. Yeah. I bought it purposely. Oh, no. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for You know, those- I... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain it. And then I'll- yeah. So the outlet is a pulse oximeter basically for babies and it goes around their foot. It's a sock <clears throat> and it measures like pulse ox, which is the level of oxygen in their blood and heart rate. And it's like what they have at the hospital, but it's wireless and it connects to an app on your phone or there's like a dock or something. I think, I think I had an app and like a dock by my bed, by my bed. And so if the pulse ox or heart rate drops below a certain threshold, the alarm will sound. And so it's so real quick. It's not as good as the hospitals. No, it's not as accurate at all. And that is a huge problem for someone that has anxiety because if the alarm keeps fucking going off, you're like, Oh my God, my baby's dying. And then you run in there like peacefully, you know, snuggled in and you're like, okay, never mind. But, um, it, so like the doc, next to your bedside has like a light on it. So you could, instead of like going on your phone and looking at the app, like you can just look at the dock and it will be blue and you're like, okay. And then it's all is fine. But then it turns red if there's a problem. And I actually, mine didn't go off incorrectly very much. It was like the second generation. But I noticed at one point I was like, this is actually not helping me sleep because I would like close my eyes and then be like, (gasps) (laughs) <gasps> yep. And then I'd look at it and be like, okay. And then yep. I'd close my eyes and be like, oh, fuck, you know? Yep. And then finally I just had to, after a while, I just did put it away. And then the only time I used it was when they were sick. Yeah. You know, when they were like tiny babies and sick. Yeah. And then when they started, I put it back on my second one when he started rolling and would roll to his belly. And, yeah. And like, you know, at that point, it's so fucking hard. We'll talk about this in another one because they can't roll back. Yeah. So then they're just yeah. screaming. But then, but like my baby would sleep with his face flat into the mattress. Oh, Jesus. Just flat in f- on his face. Yeah. You know, Which like. They have flat noses for that reason. But yeah. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Cause I have a, 
huge boobs to begin with. And then when I breastfeed my boobs, I, I was a J, which I didn't even know was like a size. Um, and I was worried that I was going to suffocate her because, you know, I have so much boob. It was just right. like wrapping around and the right. lactation consultant told me that she's like, nope, they, That's... they have noses so they can breathe still that. Wow. Well, <laughs> I mean, that would have been nice to hear yeah. and because like no one tells you that. And then I was looking, I almost bought like a $500 mesh mattress. Like, oh do you know those things? No, I've never have heard you of seen that. Those? No. They're like, they have a top layer. It's almost like a, it's like breathable. Yes. It's like a mesh. So if they barf or uh, if they're smashed with their face mm-hmm. flat, it's mesh so they can breathe through it versus like just sweet Jesus. I know. But like that is the shit that I was looking at on Google at 3 a.m. And the outlet, I did a ton of research on it. Mm. And what they've found is that it goes off incorrectly Mm -hmm. more than it detects actual harm. Oh, God. Which, you know, some parents are like, whatever, I'd rather be, you know, detected seven billion times and then the one time it be real but also um anxiety right quality of life right i mean you're like up all the fucking time thinking that your baby's heart has stopped yeah and monitor anxiety is a huge huge thing that's happening right now with like almost all of my clients okay we're obsessively watching the what monitor anxiety yeah Mm -hmm. i mean my jaw just is yeah, my you haven't heard is... me talk about monitor anxiety. No, but I feel like you're talking about me right now with my first oh baby. Oh my god, that thing! I I literally have goosebumps right now because yeah. that fucking monitor video monitor. You were glued to it in my back pocket all the time, yep. and it wasn't a Bluetooth one. Like it, it was a radio. It was like radio, so it I didn't have to. It didn't connect to Wi Fi, so I didn't have an app on my phone or anything. Did like you have that. video? Oh, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. Oh boy, yep. Well, because that's your, remember the action I said, reinforcing anxiety Mm -hmm. of going and checking the baby that Mm -hmm. happens. You get a a hit every single time you look at the monitor, you are reassured. So the more you look at the monitor, the more you're going to look at the monitor. (sighs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, I feel like I was less, I was less neurotic about it with my second one. And we can talk about that. First babies, second babies. <laughs> we say our second one was like raised by wolves and we just like give them table scraps. We're like, here. I mean, I remember like with Jonathan, I my first one, I when I would like pump, I would put, I'd time it, right? And I'd like label the breast milk like June 2nd, 10.05 a.m. And I'd time it. And then I was like, oh, it's been out for exactly 15 minutes. Yeah. Throw it, throw it yeah. away throw it away and then with will i was like just shake it it's fine fine. (laughs) just mix them mix them and smell it i was like does it smell bad it's fine just mix them up defrost it it a few times which it probably was fine fine Um, but i mean like that is so i mean that's exactly right i mean i was that fucking monitor yeah was the bane of your existence yes and i was so pissed off at my husband if he didn't have it yeah 
Like he would just forget it. He would like leave it somewhere and I'd find it in the bathroom or whatever. I'd be like, you don't have the monitor. Why don't you have the monitor? And he's like, Marcy, I can hear him if he starts crying. Our house is 500 square feet. What is wrong with you? And I was like, I can't believe. And I would get so mad at him. And so much of it was like, I felt like I being the mom was like expected to have the monitor all the time and like address it and respond to it. Yep. And he would just, and I was like, I can't believe that you're just like assuming that I'm going to take care of the monitor. And it was like, the monitor was not the problem for him. You know what I mean? It was like, he just was, it didn't affect him that way. I guess I just equated looking at the monitor and having the monitor as like being on being a good mom and being a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, how can you go? Cause we, we had this tiny little house in Portland and my husband, we'd finish the basement and my husband would go down to the basement and he'd like watch TV down there. So we wouldn't wait, wake the baby up and he wouldn't bring the monitor. And I'd be like, how can you fucking go down to the basement without the monitor? And he's like, um, because I can hear his crib is literally above my head. Yeah. Like I can hear yeah. him. Well, and that's the thing is that anxiety loves control, right? <gasps> if we're anxious, oh being in control is like drugs for us. Allison. Like there's this app that <laughs> tracks sleeping Ugh. for babies. Huckleberry is the name of it. Oh no. It I had a client who just recently we had to delete the app because it was consuming her life entirely. Like logging sleep, looking at wake windows, being like, oh my God, she had a three and a half hour wake wake window yesterday and had a good nap. So now I'm going to do three and a half today on the dot. Exactly. It can't be anything different. Right. So us perfectionist (sighs) controlling type moms latch onto that shit. Dude. Yeah. I did it too, but I did it on a piece of paper and a pencil. Oh, because we're old. I'm old, but I did. I had it on my, I had it on my fridge. Mm Mm-hmm. So, in Dude. conclusion, monitor anxiety monitor. is real. That is intrusive insane. thoughts are real. Um, if they're unwanted, that's a pretty good sign that no, you're not going insane. Um, and you know, this all all of these can intersect, right? So, like, mm. I think that I would fall in another category of PPA and PPD, like mm. some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's important to note that everything's on a spectrum. Yeah. I love that you say that. I think that's so good and so relatable and very true for everyone. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you, it's kind of like a joke that if you, you know, go to school um, to be a psychotherapist, you diagnose yourself with everything throughout yeah. like, yeah. Oh, Oh my God. I'm, I, I'm bipolar. I and am living with bipolar, OCD, <laughs> yeah. and dysthymia congruently. Like, I've had it literally, my entire life. Literally, it's a, this explains everything. Oh my God. You need to like go to therapy while you're learning how to be a therapist. I swear to God. Um, but it's true because some people do have like a mild level of anxiety right? Mm-hmm. Around the baby not breathing. And like I said, maybe they get up once in the night and mm-hmm. then they're fine. Right when, right. when you need to see someone is when you can't sleep because right. all you're doing is checking the monitor or all right. you're doing is, you know, going to make sure that they're alive and breathing. Right. Um, and right. every single diagnostic criteria of the DSM, do you want to know what the one common thing is? Tell it to me right now. 
causes a significant impairment in functioning. Hmm. Because if it doesn't cause a significant impairment in functioning, and obviously if you, you know, have hallucinations, that's going to cause an impairment in functioning. Uh, But if you just have a little smattering of everything, that's not to the extent where it's diagnosable and needs to be treated. According to the DSM. According to the DSM. Right. But not according to real life. Not according to real life. Mm -hmm. To real life, if anything is bugging you, go see a therapist. And I I think at any time, at any time, I think that's a common misconception is that Mm -hmm. you need to have a disorder to go talk to a therapist, which is absolutely, absolutely false. So I feel like I definitely had a spectrum. I was like, I feel like I had the like kind of typical baby blues. It was like 5 p.m. every day and I just cry. Yeah. 5 p.m. 8 p.m. for me. Yeah. Mine was 5 p.m. I remember looking at my baby. We were sitting outside and like the wind was blowing his like fine baby hair. (laughs) And I just like started crying. And my mom was like, are you okay? And she's like, "Why why don't you go lay down? And I was like... Okay. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know why. (laughs) And then I definitely had anxiety and intrusive thoughts, 100%. And I think that lasted a a while. Yeah. And I think, like, the depression came later. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. when my second maybe was one. So the research now is saying that PPD can pop up, like, within the first one to two years. Well... Like, especially if it's untreated and it's been like pretty, like kind of mild until right. it spikes. Right. Um, yeah. Like kind of subclinical, like it's always kind of there, yeah. but not really causing any functional problems. Yeah. 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 But what's interesting is I've been talking about intrusive thoughts on my Instagram a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this isn't, you know, I haven't done a research experiment, but I have found that when moms know that intrusive thoughts are common and normal, intrusive thoughts decrease. Really? And this is because the problem isn't the thought itself. Our brain has weird thoughts all the time, like I've said. The problem is the judgment we attach to the thought. So if I have this thought of, oh my God, is that knife going to you know, fall and slice mm-hmm. my baby and I'm like oh my god am I going insane like why right, do I think right, that right that's, or other people are going to think that the, yeah that, that I want the knife to hurt my baby because yes. I'm thinking it yes yeah that's where shame comes in mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if we are neutral thought neutrality is huge if we're neutral about the thought that we have we don't attach any judgment to it we just observe it, right? This is the basis of mindfulness and like Zen Buddhism. Yeah, I was going to that. say that's kind of what the Buddhists say, right? Like you just yes. acknowledge the thought. Yes. And you're like, there it is. And then you yep. just kind of watch it go by, right? Yep. Yep. That will decrease the amount of intrusive thoughts that you have and therefore not spiral. <laughs> like I have a big belief that a lot of the postpartum anxiety is because of these intrusive thoughts, because of the shame, and then it spirals into full-blown anxiety. Mm-hmm. Versus if we got the word out before we have the baby, like <laughs> how about we have a birth class where we talk about these scary ass things that are going to mm-hmm. like that are probably going to happen right. nine that, out of 10 times. And that will happen. Then that, yeah, yeah, that will happen and yeah. affect not only you, but your partners and the people around you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, what's that? What does Adam Sandler say? Like things that would have been nice to know yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's like I feel like that all the time, especially with the postpartum and pregnancy stuff and moms yep. and everything. And it's so true. I mean, the birth class. If we could do a birth, like a pre-birth class or a real childbirth class, where it's like, this is how you lengthen your vagina, and this is what you do about yep. intrusive thoughts. I mean, yep. that's gonna. <laughs> I, just, I mean that that's our goal that's I mean, our that's we're yes. we're, we're that's revolutionizing we're, that's what we're trying to do the maternal care industry yes i don't know why i, I whisper like that but it, it like feels right to do in this mic it does you know? it does i my intrusive thought i'll tell you this and then we'll wrap it up okay. um i well i had many intrusive thoughts but yeah. the three big ones were the stairs situation and like, I still felt like that on escalators too. Like if I was going up an escalator, because you're above, your arms are above the railing. Well, and that's even scarier than real stairs because you're moving. I know. But, and like, I would be holding the baby or the baby would be in the ergo or whatever. And I'd be going up the escalator and the baby's higher than the railing and you're going up. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, oh, they're just going to, sp- they're going to backflip out of the ergo. Yes. yes. And I'm going to watch them. Newborns slot. are known. To do acrobatic their gymnastics. Yeah, movements. they're yep. tan. <laughs> tan. Um, and then that one and bridges. Like I had my babies in Portland and Portland is a bridge city. So you have to cross the bridges all the fucking time. And I would like to know city planners out there, if you're a city planner <laughs> or you build bridges, email me because why are bridges either over rivers or freeways or whatever the fuck? Why are. I'm not an engineer, but I think I have the answer. But do you know what I'm about to say? Like the side rails are not yes. high. Like my car is taller than the side rail. If I got sideswiped, oh, I'd fucking go over it. Oh. Like why don't they make side rails on bridges taller? Can somebody explain that to me, please? Yeah, I don't know. Because that I still am nervous about that. Like if I have the option of go of driving in the middle of a bridge or an overpass you or whatever. Oh, Yes, because I'm like, oh, all it takes for me is like somebody to just sideswipe my mom van and like we're going over. Yeah. So the bridges and I have a brand new intrusive thought. Thank you. Tell me what it is. Oh, me? Give it. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I thought it just popped in. I'm like, do you want to flick my nose? Is that what it is? Um, And then the knife, the knife one. Yeah. The knife one was big Mm -hmm. for me. The. Mm -hmm. The going down the stairs mm-hmm. was big for me. And then um, not really like intrusive thoughts, but more so anxious thoughts of like, mm-hmm. what if I go to the store and I'm putting her in the baby carrier and I drop mm-hmm. her? Yeah. yeah. You know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, for sure. And I went crazy one night. Uh, do you remember that article that came out a couple of years ago about like the big earthquake that was going to hit the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that like came out around when I had my first one. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I went crazy putting together an emergency yeah. kit. Oh my God. Bless your and heart. so like that too, like the emergency kit. And then like, all. so then once I did that, all my, the ads like that popped up on my social media was like for that, like if your car goes over a bridge and you're underwater and you can't break out of the glass, you need this tool to break the glass. And I was like, add to cart. And then it was like, cut the seatbelts off your baby so they don't drown in the car when you crash it into the lake. And I'm like, add to cart. Like all that stuff that I didn't even think about before. Oh my God. I feel like I I should have been on Zoloft a long... 
I feel like that probably vitamin Z would have been pretty helpful for you. Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, we're going to talk more about your story. Yeah. In its own ep, its own epi. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I have a lot (laughs) with the IVF and all the things. too. Yeah, totally. Totally. This was awesome, Allison. God damn. I feel like I can continue to talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Like I want to know more. So much. Yeah. Yeah. So much. It was so good. I hope that was helpful for you mamas. You're not alone. You're not crazy. No. Um, If you you. have, we love you and your knife. Flying off the counter. <laughs> if you have any specific questions like related to this mm-hmm. or like on any other episode, send them in to our email and we can read them and answer them. Answer them. Answer them. That was on very mis all nair. Um because if you have a question, <laughs> chances are another mother yeah, has sure. the same question. So yeah. what's our email, Marcy? Our email is no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. Send them in. We will read them. We want to hear from yep. you. We want to hear if about you. If you want to stay anonymous, name it Bulbo <laughs> Spongiosa. Spongiosis. Or name it, just say, I'm, hi, Allison. I'm Allison. Yeah. Or Marcy hey. Crotch was the other or one. Crotch. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, guys. I'm Crotch. It's me. Crotch. It's me, Mrs. Crotch. Mrs. Crotch. As always. As we always say, push the buttons, Smash download the things, buttons. like the things, like, follow us on Instagram. Yep. Um, no mama left Oops, behind sorry. underscore official. Yep. No mama left behind underscore official. Smash all uh, the buttons like we smash the patriarchy. Yep. Tag us. Hashtag NMLB. <laughs> um, like, if, subs- like subscribe and download, right? Yeah. Those um, are the things. If, 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 mm, mm. And, uh, that's all for now, folks. Yeah. Sayonara. See you on See the you other soon. side. Okay. <laughs> See you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Mamas, you've heard me talk about soul time, and I'm sure a lot of you were thinking, like, what the hell is that? Marcy, did you know what soul time was when I first, like, talked about it? Not a clue. Okay. Cool. So soul time is what I require all my clients to do. It's what I did when I was a new mom to find myself again. Um, It helps with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, all the things. So I created a guide telling you exactly what to do. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally sectioned how, why, when, where, all the things. I give you affirmations. I give you journal prompts. I give you all the tools that you need to have a successful soul time so that you can tune out the world and tap into your body, practice prioritizing yourself, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes. And the best news is, is I have a discount code for our oh, listeners. Hey, hey, gifts all around. There you go. So go to the, to the link below and enter NMLB for $5 off. And that makes it $19. I mean, it's worth it. Less than a Starbucks run and worth it. And coming from somebody who is not familiar with meditating and turning inward and doing all the things that Allison talks about. I mean, like, I'm just not wired that way. It's been a game changer. Really has. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Oh, it's true. Code NMLB. Click the link below and get your soul time on and send me your experience with it to no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com.
That's right. All right, mamas. See you on the other side. Enjoy. <laughs>